you know, and then on the other side, you have Notion, and we, we sort of say, look, let's bring the Notion, the Figma, the some AI feel into this world, which is dominated by mm -hmm. IBM and Siemens. Welcome to the Hyper Engage podcast. We are so happy to have you along our journey. Here, we uncover bits of knowledge from some of the greatest minds in tech. We unearth the hows, whys, and whats that drive the tech of today. Welcome to the movement. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today on another episode of the Hyper Engage podcast. So thankful to have you here in 2024. And here's to an amazing year. I'm Taylor with my co-host Adil and a beautiful guest, Minkus, who is the co-founder and COO of Trace Space. It's a requirement management tool. And he also has a wealth of experience previously, uh, which we'll dive into a bit. He was the director of strategy and finance at Chili Piper and also previously had a, dabbled in some mentoring and angel investing, which we'll definitely get into. So thank you so much, Minkus, for joining us. We really appreciate you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks. So as, me. as some of us, as some of us know, and maybe some of our audience, we know that requirement management has been a big issue. So can you kind of like walk us through your journey of how you found this problem and kind of how you went from zero to one? Yeah, sure. So actually with uh, some of my other two co-founders, they've been uh, quite deep into this and uh, they either worked with competitors or they've uh, been implementing these competitors. And so one, and then with one of them, I was working together with Localize, which is kind of a more modern B2B SaaS uh, solution. And he really saw that there's this kind of generational shift from what's uh, out there in the market and then kind of what software looks like today, what kind of experience people are expecting. And, and as we looked at the market, we just saw that really there's really, um, it's, it's sort of really behind and, and kind of it's stuck in this gen 1.5, you know, digital transformation going from paper to software. Um, but it's sort of stopped there. And if you look at tools like, you know, Notion, Figma and so on, it's just much more pleasant, fast, collaborative experience. And, um, and so I was the last one to be convinced that this is a good market. And kind of, I, I asked my co-founder that, look, we need to find at least 10 senior systems engineers that, uh, unprompted tell us that this is something that they're struggling with and they need help with. Uh, and once we got to that point, then we went out to raise our pre-seed, got the money and started building. And here we are. Very interesting. When I first looked at, uh, Trace space, uh, you know, previously, you know, background with talking to a lot of, uh, you know, feedback management platform and more built for, you know, uh, customer facing teams, product managers and all. And uh, we've never like, this seemed like pretty unique for us to, you know, someone going out and building it for, for, for automotive, for industries like defense and manufacturing, you know, where, you know, processes are so legacy and it's so hard to get the you know a lot of lot of the feedback gets lost in translation or you have to spend a lot of time and 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 resources uh and and, and there's a huge impact like uh, element of uh, you know optimizing the cost because the customer lifetime value is already big but it's so hard for 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 you to get the the best time to value in the in the in the beginning post onboarding so how did you okay. achieve it in the first like like of course uh, building, validating it with, with engineering team, that's fine. But, uh, you know, from a customer standpoint, uh, when it comes to making sure you 
adopt your customer to the platform in the way that you really wanted to, in the time that you really wanted to? What, how big of a challenge that was when when you first like had your let's say first customer? Mm -hmm. Sure. So actually, the we started very early by validating like Figma design. So even before we had a product, we were, you know, we had about twenty people that we were really close to and sort of said, is this is this kind of what you're looking for? Is this helpful? Is this not helpful? And even before we had a proper product, we we had some iterations. And I think that's a big component of, uh, you know, we we just assume that we know nothing and, you know, and try to build the best thing possible for these uh, systems engineers. Um, and then as we get started with the customers, in a way, because we're so small, what we can afford is really, essentially, we have a, a common Slack channel, or WhatsApp channel, or, uh, you know microsoft teams whatever they're using and we put their whole team in the channel and our whole team in the channel and so we can be really really close to them and because for our stage it's, it's you know every interaction is really valuable and we want to make sure that kind of if there's if there's problems we understand why they run it to them and so on so that's 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 how we make sure that we are aware of what's happening we also have you know things like maybe some logging and so we can see okay you know who's uh, how much, how many activities people are doing, and so on. But it's much more important that uh, we get that kind of qualitative feedback, not just the quantitative. You know, you you had, uh, you know, you created X many items, and I think that's I've seen also in past companies really this kind of uh, best-in-class customer support that you really answer very very quickly, and you actually resolve the problems and you escalate it very high up. It's really worth it, especially in the early days, and especially if you're serving. A relatively small number of really large and important customers. That's a huge. That's a huge component of you know a lot of companies is especially in the early stages. A lot feel like they have to you know just double down on the product, and they often miss that like the customer is there giving them this advice and this feedback. And how do you bring it into that like flywheel where you're able to constantly push and get? just like you said, actually solve their issues, not just, you know, elevate it to support and then where does it go? Um, so can you briefly touch on just how you're able to prioritize your time and your resources, but also manage like at a very, you know, with like love service, these customers and ensuring that they are reaching the success that you promise and, you know, they're expecting? I'd say it's probably the hardest part is <laughs> really to, to, to figure out, you know, what to focus on because, people don't ask for the same things exactly. And, you know, if, if they ask for the same things, we probably have them built already. Uh, and it's it's really trying to figure out the things that maybe one or two ask. Um, I think the prioritization kind of comes down to, you know, is do we foresee that more people will want this or is this something that is a very, very important case? And a lot of times, I think, especially with AI, there's been a bit of a, the challenge has slightly been that people have a lot of expectations that, and they've been, oversold by you know by twitter and x you know that the, there's so many things that are possible but then in reality especially in engineering the it's you need to be very very exact and the, all these hallucinations all these like kind of probabilistic answers they don't really work very well and so that's where sort of people say can you build us this and we say we can try but it's likely not going to be what you expect um but that's i think that's that is probably the biggest challenge and really we just and try to be honest and say, look, this is how we're building it. This is how we're approaching. Is that really, do you think that's going to be helpful? And if not, then maybe let's not go there. Uh, on the other side, things like white glove treatment for bugs is just that, you know, we, 
somebody says, hey, something's wrong, let's, and somebody just jumps on it as soon as possible. I, mm-hmm. I love that. Can you, I want you to dive into the element that you just mentioned of like this, maybe a collaborative effort amongst your team to set the proper expectations for the customers or the people that do come in with those grandiose ideas of what AI could do. And you have to kind of like reset the expectations so that you're ensuring that like you're both on the same page. So how do you kind of go about that and face a customer or potential customer to, to reset those expectations? So we try to do some kind of a small example and say, hey, look, you know, this is kind of what you're asking and we pieced together, you know, without properly building it into a tool, but this is sort of what you're asking and this is kind of how it would look like. And is the result interesting for you or not? And if, and usually people are like, it's not really what I expected. And we said, well, you know, we can, we can tweak it, but we cannot make it fundamentally different unless uh, you give us, you know, a lot of your data and then we specifically train it for you. And we have those discussions as well where people say, actually, you know, I do want to see what happens when we do that. But uh, uh, as of yet, we haven't kind of gone all the way down that path, but it, yeah, it's short, short example. Say, look, like, you know, this is, this is how it works uh, when it's at a basic level and we can improve it marginally, but not fundamentally. Mm. Yeah, but it, sometimes it's not possible to, you know, starting off. You don't know exactly what is your ideal customer profile, where you, you can most penetrate. Uh, you don't have a product market fit. A lot of uh, a lot of your features, uh, product experiences, they're getting refined by the feedback, consistent feedback in the first, like, year or two. And, uh, and I think, uh, you know, we spoke to a lot of companies and they, you know, the mutual kind of feedback that we get in the first two years is investing into your own boarding invest into your onboarding and make it as seamless as possible. Maybe, uh, you know, starting off, you can go wide, just like you you mentioned as well, you can you can serve everybody. That's fine to f- to figure out who's who's the right customer uh, fit. So, I mean, could you walk us through the, that journey, that part of journey? Because uh, we really, we are interested in, in, in your post-sales experiences and how you're driving towards making it standardized and making it more scalable. Of course, three, four years down the road, Sitting here, you're serving more than 150 customers. A lot of them are like more than 60% of them are enterprise. Mostly of them are like enterprise and then you mid-market as well. So at that point, you'll still be thinking of having not having like 15 customer success or account managers, but you'll be uh, thinking of having having some sort of scalable model that that you know that can at least you know standardize 50 or 60% of your uh, your operations post sales. Mm-hmm. So what kind of uh, you know process do you have right now? Like how many customers or maybe uh, users that, that are using your platform uh, for, for, for the feedback, uh, sorry, uh, you know, information management yeah. and all the, you know, all of that process? Yeah, so maybe just quickly stepping back. So we, I think we are going quite narrow. Uh, it's, it's, it's touching a number of industries, but the persona is very specific. It's called a systems engineer. And so they, the work that they do tends to be quite similar and it's it's more the the content of the requirements that changes so but the, but the actual uh, let's say flows their workflow similar. is similar yeah exactly and um yeah. and the way to and actually we did have a we had the very classical you know uh, blank space problem so as you open it up if it's just empty it looks like it looks like uh, an empty google doc uh with mm-hmm. some and there's isn't even a, you know there isn't a tree there's nothing 
And so we actually are we're very diligent about what kind of content we have there as you open it up. So the first time you open, we have a sort of a NASA requirements doc, like an open source one. We put it in, we said like, this is how it works. There's our own documentation, it's all there. And it's and then you can see how, okay, you know, we have these quality improvement features and you can you can see them pop up right away because otherwise there's, uh, it's really not possible to, it's, it's impossible to see like, what's the whole point of this thing if it's just mm -hmm. empty. Um, but, and that's today. And, and so as we look towards the future, the, the one thing we do want to work on is there's these, you know, sort of product tours when you open up and says, you know, click here, do that. I found those to be very helpful. Uh, and then even further down, there's, uh, these, uh, you know, I, I borrow from Miro, they have these templates that work really well. And that's, that's something that, uh, we want to build over time is, uh, each of these industries has a some kind of certification that they need to go through and like no automotive there's a spice and, and you know iso 26262 and if you open it up and already you know you have to be compliant with these and you have those templates mm -hmm. you know kind of somewhat baked into the tool you can get there much much faster as opposed to you know typing the first thing and then having to find the find those uh, uh sets of rules for the certification then trying to meet them later it's, it's much harder uh, and then, you know, aerospace has something different, uh, defense is something else, and so on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you you mentioned uh, system engineers. Now, you know, on the first look, I also realized that it's it's not something that Trace Space is competing uh, platforms like Figma, like just to, uh, you know, just to talk about your competitive landscape, not talking about uh, Notion, because a lot of these system engineers, they're not even not familiar, or they're not using uh, platforms like Figma or Notion, uh, June, there are so many product management platforms that are giving this these kind of uh, you know feature set. So they are mostly using uh, you know Google Docs, maybe uh, you know, and and they are also collaborative. You can comment, you can have a communication, you can tag people, invite team members, and all. But how do you see uh, then adopt to the platform uh, on a, on a larger scale? Let's say I'm, I'm not sure how many customers you have or how many system engineers using the platform, but thinking of more than let's say 500 in the next two years so how do you see it uh differentiating and uh, you know all of these folks apart from some of the initiatives you're taking like product uh you know beginner guides and you know all the you know uh yeah. these these startup onboarding experiences and all so the 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 fundamental difference between developing a uh software tool and uh, and some hardware tool is that in software, you only have, let's say, software engineers. It's a single type of engineer, and the product is 100% virtual. So your product development tends to be uh, flat. Um, what I mean is, like, there's a single level, and it usually comes from sort of a concept of operations, i.e. roadmap. says we need to build, let's say, integration with Jira. And then the, you know, the engineers take that, and they, they spend maybe a sprint, or maybe, I don't know, more or less, but they, they sort of take it and then they deliver it and then they test it and then they iterate on it. A lot of those things are not possible in hardware because uh, you know you could say, hey, I'd love a, a four-door luxury SUV instead of the two-door one we have right now. But mm -hmm. you can't just like make it and then have iterations on it because each of these iterations costs money. And like even a 3D printed uh, component yes. has takes about six weeks to be from let's say the drawing to getting in your warehouse yes so the prototyping takes a long time and 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 you're also collaborating between very very different engineers that are not aware 
of the other engineers' um, domains. So, you know, you think about mechanical, electrical, thermal, also software, and so on. And they all have mm -hmm. to work together in a very cohesive way. And so you, you almost take this kind of waterfall approach where you write out everything and you see how it works in text. Then you see how it works in numerical models. Then you see how it works in uh, um, geometrical models, so like computer-aided design. Mm -hmm. And only then you start really uh, building, the, you know, building the car or something. And so it's, it's this kind of the multiple layers that you need to have built into your existing product. And that's what we've done. So we have, it's sort of a, on the, on the surface, it's relatively easy to document, but each block in the document has a kind of unlimited history and you can have uh, a million items and still no degradation in performance. And, and that's, that's really makes the difference. And uh, because mm -hmm. uh, let's say a car could have maybe hundred thousand requirements and you need to link them all together and they need to work together seamlessly. You need to be able to see if somebody says, you know, Elon's book famously has a lot of, he talks a lot about requirements, uh, you know, and, and a lot of it, he's like, you know, why did we have the mats in the car? And then the, if you can't figure out who's, who made you put them in, then he sort of said, okay, we're just going to remove them. But, uh, <laughs> but that, I think that's the difference. And our competitors are really, uh, you know, they come from companies like Siemens and IBM and PTC. Um, so, and, you know, and then on the other side, you have Notion, and we we sort of say, look, let's bring the Notion, the Figma, the some AI feel into this world, which is dominated by mm -hmm. IBM and Siemens. Mm. Yeah, and, and uh, I mean, engineers with that background, they are very, you know, it, it's it's a challenge for them to get uh, adopt to a to a to a company or to a role that is more towards automated automotive and you know aerospace. You know, uh, you know, let's say taking an example of Tesla, as you mentioned, you know. It, like from a from a mechanical standpoint, from an electrical standpoint, from a computer science and AI standpoint, it's it's something that's entirely different than most uh you know most software engineers or uh, these engineers they, they they do even system engineers at point they, they the role can change for you industry to industry customer to customer. So how yeah. you're you're managing the bandwidth and uh, you know how you're ensuring the skill set and everything. Of course, a lot of training and everything. So could you touch us more about that too? Do you mean how do we uh, adopt the product? Like, to yeah, the like different... let's say you have four customers: one for auto automotive, aerospace, uh, manufacturing. Yeah. Uh, what else? Med like defense. Uh, so, do you uh, think that you know? You do you not think that there's going to be four different skill sets that would need? Yes, but the fundamentally the the format of the requirement doesn't change. So they might have. If you if you sort of abstract yourself out the. It's just a field of text with some attributes mm -hmm. and a history mm -hmm. and some links. So mm -hmm. fundamentally, it doesn't change. And and in semi, I think if I'm not wrong, in semiconductors, you don't even call them requirements; you call them uh, items. So, mm -hmm. but fundamentally, it's the same thing. And the way that uh, we build a product is to allow to you know, on on an abstraction level, it's all the same, and you can kind of customize it. Do you need a title? Okay, you know, mm. add a title. Do you need a do you need the body? Do you need uh, a rationale? You can have those things. Do you need attributes? If um, the thing with attributes is, if you look at, maybe you're familiar how you know in Salesforce you have a lot of fields. Yeah. Yes, Over time, so you have like sixty fields, mm -hmm. and you can't get rid of them. Like every deal has like sixty fields, but you only use like three. Uh, and that's kind of what we've overcome that by allowing. Imagine in Salesforce you could have every deal. You just say, okay, for this deal I'm going to have X Y Z fields but not 
not the rest of them. So you don't have mm -hmm. to configure it at the company level. You can configure it at the at a much lower level. Uh, I mean, I don't know, maybe yeah. we're going too deep, but it's... Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's uh, very interesting. Matter. Like, I'm glad that, you know, you know, we have someone like you on the other stage and I'm, I'm, I'm learning a lot onto this. So let's talk a little bit about your, your install base. Like how, uh, how many customers do you have? Like you can talk about users, if not customers, and uh, give us a story of one customer, as you mentioned, pre-record, like automotive. That's going to be a, a one customer. I see Bugatti is one of your customers customers so would love to see like what 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 kind of onboarding uh you, you you guys set up for them and uh you know in a on a very high level how long does it take for a customer in automotive such as bugatti to get value out of the platform like do you have any kind of success metrics set up inside any platform that you're using say towards any crm any uh data analytics platform so we 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 do logging at the back end to kind of track uh, the, to track kind of uh, what what kind of what you know how many people how many items are people building, um, like not going into too much detail and sort of what specifically they're building, but uh, mm -hmm. the way we start is uh, we start with a small team because we have to sort of prove the value uh, mm -hmm. within the small team. Uh, they uh, they take some uh, a relatively new product. Uh, or let you know something that is maybe not the next generation, but a, a further a bit further out, because uh, and then then it's a separate, it's a relatively independent unit that can work on it. Mm -hmm. It can be either something that's kind of further out for a larger product, or if it's sometimes these uh, a single company could be delivering a product every six months. Uh, usually, when it's sort of a, a, a RFP, you know, like some mm -hmm. a larger customer says, "Hey, we need." something and can you please deliver uh, us a hundred thousand of these units uh, and then they and then they they have modules of it and then they can deliver and so that's where we would go in either at mm -hmm. the beginning of a larger project or if it's a smaller project it's pretty much any time uh, mm -hmm. and, and usually it starts the way they work they have to they either have pre-existing requirements that they want to reuse or they're writing new ones and then we help them we just import them in either they can do it themselves there's a there's a import function but uh or we, mm -hmm. you know, we also help them clean it up so it's very useful from day one, uh, and then they can get started. And depending on what they want to mm -hmm. do, if it's things like we just want to check the quality, we want to improve the quality, you can do that right away. You can open a requirement and it highlights you, hey, this is poor quality. You need to rewrite this. Uh, mm -hmm. If it's uh, more about collaboration, then of course the value is shown over time. Where, for example, from one of like something that takes us a cute, you know, a couple of clicks, you it. You know, one of our, let's say, the largest competitor, it takes literally 15 seconds every time. And if you have to do this 200 times a day, then it just adds up and you get really annoyed. Um, mm -hmm. So that's, so that's tedious, the kind of, yeah. yeah, it's very tedious. And so mm -hmm. that's the, um, you know, I'm whether you consider that value or not, but it, I think it adds up and then it, it literally saves you not only time, yeah, but it also saves absolutely. you... Uh, nerves and brain power you know yeah even let's yeah. say taking an example of uh, bugatti they let's say a year back they have launched a model they want more units of those models like more uh, mechanical uh, 3d modeling whatever so a lot of them that has been already predefined by them but they may, might not be uh, taking some quality sure measurement up to the mark and you know you're helping them optimize the time quality all of that and that's also a big use case uh, in, in quality yeah. manufacturing 
And in cases yeah, when the, they need more newer models, when they're launching a model, that's that becomes a different <laughs> different yeah. case. Yeah, the, the the example you give about sort of having a lot of iterations, it's more about uh, companies that produce components for someone else rather than a car, mm -hmm. because a car would probably take a few years, you know, from really the beginning to all the way to the end. But mm -hmm. uh, some components in cars, it can be some power units or some 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 stuff, you know, that um, mm -hmm. and that can that can be very very quick. You know, somebody says, you know, please mm -hmm. deliver a hundred thousand of these or you know a million of these mm -hmm. in six months. Then to spec, then you have to kind of mm -hmm. uh, take their spec, uh, develop your own, understand if you can actually deliver it, then mm -hmm. build it and deliver it. So it's very very quick. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Quick last question. We are pretty much on time now. How do you see the product stickiness, like platform stickiness to these customers, mostly in automotive and uh, car manufacturing, aerospace, all these categories that you're trying to penetrate? Like, uh, it, is it like not, is it like not the same, like most of these uh, companies that are using data analytics platform, once they marketed all of their data inside, I mean, they, of course, they make sure they do the due, due diligence and everything, but once they're inside, it's so hard for them to, you know, you know, uh, quit on, on, a, on a platform. So how does the product stickiness, platform stickiness look like? Yeah, it is, it's a very, uh, it's a good question because it is a, a relatively big challenge. Um, but I liked where the Jason Lemkin, I think once wrote about uh, yeah. that in, in a year's time frame, the it might be quite hard to unseat an existing player. But if you look over three years, there's usually enough time. Like they kind of, if they don't like the existing product, they will churn over the three-year time because they might have mm -hmm. a two-year contract and they might take a year mm -hmm. to offboard. But uh, in a longer time frame, it does work. Uh, during at our stage, we're we're trying not to go, uh, you know, fully head-on, especially if people have recently migrated, because it's not just the cost of the tool; it's it's not just the quality, but it's also literally they've just put in, you know, let's say nine months of work migrating. They're unlikely mm -hmm. to want to take the call of saying, yeah. "Let's do another one of those." Uh, you know, and all the stuff, all the work that you did is for nothing. So we we usually tackle. There's a lot of um, kind of workflows where people uh, they have chosen not to use a tool because in the past they've had poor experience, and that's where we go in, or they are aware mm -hmm. of them and they haven't uh, picked one yet because, as well, you know, they're they're not. They're, it's not what they expect, and it's maybe more expensive than they expect. Mm -hmm. So it's these kind of reasons that uh, where we say, look, look. Here's a better offering. It's a differentiator. It's uh, it's it's more modern. So you can come in and start using it right away. So the onboarding for us, it, I mean, it's, sometimes it's ridiculous. Some of our competitors, it takes like uh, a week or so just to get started, like literally to just get started. Mm -hmm. And it's unimaginable in something like Notion or Figma, right? So for us, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. You can just open it up and get started. And And when we do demos, we literally say, hey, here's access. Give it a shot yourself. Like, did you expect mm. you would be able to onboard yourself in an hour? Probably not. So here we are. <laughs> That's the way to go. That's the way to go to make sure you keep your platform as self-served as possible from day one. And, yeah, and even and for let, enterprise let people come up with, with questions and then you build some sort of beginner guys, as you mentioned that, you know, videos and all of those. That's good. Okay. It was real nice uh, meeting you and getting to know uh, Free Space. And it was so interesting of a conversation. You know, I get to learn a lot personally. And uh, I wish you good luck for the year 2024. I'm I'm, I'm so Thank sure you. that you'll you'll have some big car manufacturing. That is the only use case that I understood during this conversation. But uh, manufacturing companies uh, using uh, using your platform. 
Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for having me and good luck and happy new year to you both. Yes, thank, thank you, you so much. much. Have a beautiful night. We'll talk soon. Peace. Bye. Thank you so very much for staying with us on the episode. Please share your feedback at adil at hyperengage.io. We definitely need it. Uh, we will see you next time with another guest on the stage with some concrete tips on how to operate better as a customer success leader and how you can empower engagements with some building some meaningful relationships. We qualify people for the episode just to make sure we bring the value to the listeners. Do reach us out if you want to refer any CS leader. Until next time, goodbye and have a good rest of your day.